Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yo, what is up, everybody? This is Dominic D'Angelo of scoops.com, adfreeshows.com, RVD Podcast, Ghanaian Magnum. But I am here today. It is, I think, our fourth episode, right? Fourth episode, yes, of Rumor and Innuendo uh, since I debuted. But I am here with Robert Carpolis. Robert, welcome back to your show, man. It's good stuff. A lot of positivity going around. I, I am here, and anyone who's a longtime Rumor and Innuendo listener knows I hate math. So when you're throwing at me the number of, of episodes here, speaking of longtime listeners, though, say a quick hi to Joseph Wade Walters saying, Good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. Mike Malaro is here. Good afternoon, gents. Uh, as a reminder at the top of the show, you, if you're joining us live on YouTube or X, uh, you know, feel free to throw up a comment during the show. This is an interactive thing here, folks. Uh, we don't have a ton of time, uh, but we want to get to your comments. Your comments, guys, I'm going to say a bold statement at the top. Slightly more important than Billy and the CW News. Right. I think that takes a little bit higher priority, but we'll we'll get to it. I'm thinking today. I'm hoping today. We'll see. Well, how you, you, you steer the ship, dude. You've got this thing on lock. Uh, where are we going? We are going. We're going all over the place here. Uh, for the stuff, Some of the stuff we're going to cover today is Drew McIntyre reportedly still unsigned by WWE. Uh, Seth and Cody are confirmed for Elimination Chamber in a certain segment kind of situation, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Swerve Strickland stakes his claim for AEW Gold in a pretty captivating promo and in a segment between him, Hangman Page, and Samoa Joe. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jeff Hardy injury that just kind of happened and uh, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, in addition to that, but we're going to lead off the Sting and Darby. Sting's final match is made official at AEW Revolution. Robert it's confirmed he is taking on the Young Bucks along with Darby Allen and defending those AEW tag team titles. Uh, how'd you think of that segment last night or the match and then the segment afterwards? Let's start. I guess just uh, the Bucks beat Top Flight. They beat Top Flight in suits, mind you. I don't know how I feel about that exactly, but I want to get your insight first on the match, then leading into the segment afterwards, the promo segment. All right. So everything I get frustrated with about AEW is encapsulated in one segment 
which was what we saw with the Young Bucks. Uh, it was Young Bucks against top flight, hot young tag team versus an established tag team. Hell of a back and forth match. Really, really fun. But everything, like the wheels just kind of came off. I think first and foremost, the Bucks as the EVP characters, it's cutesy. I, I get what they're trying to do. It's a little insidery for, for everything that they put out there. Them in the suits with the with the blood on them is a very cool visual. It's a very uh, aggressive visual, which doesn't fit their mold as kind of cowardly EVPs. Then the situation with with uh, Tony Schiavone is really where where stuff went off the rails and, and where Tony Khan and his group uh, needs, I'd say writers, they need producers, they need somebody who's going to be able to sit back and take a look and talk through this and just say, let's see what our goal was that we're trying to accomplish. We, we've established on here repeatedly, Sting's last match sells itself. Right. You just put that on the marquee, people are going to show up. You know, Conrad, our, our empresario here at Ad Free Shows, he did Ric Flair's ma last match. And just by saying it's Ric Flair's last match, people bought tickets, they were plugged in. You didn't really need uh, a, a crazy amount of storytelling there. Uh, what we got from the Bucks in this segment is them bullying Shivani, which then brings out Darby Allen. We've established Shivani goes all the way back to the NWA. There's a connection with with him and sting the the young bucks beat down sting's children last week which was a really striking visual and then darby chases him off with a bat and he proceeds to cut another worked shoot promo about backstage politics in aew dom yep this is why i get so maddeningly frustrated with what they what they're doing in aew because we don't really care that Darby was was homeless before he wrestled in AW. He's told that story a lot. Uh, we we don't care that the the young bucks were hiring their friends that they re-signed with the company because it's an easy contract. And the big takeaway is your top babyface in AEW is Cody Rhodes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, I, there's so much of that. We, and you were talking about this, I think it was yesterday, where it was like the Bucks, this EVP aspect of it all is kind of getting in the way of just having the Sting's final match aspect of it all. And, you know, him, them saying what they were saying and Darby saying what he was saying, it's just, it reflects a mirror on what people get upset about with AEW is like, you know, there was, we were talking off air is like, I thought there's a lot of optimism. I thought with AEW starting off and like, Hey, they could maybe get better. Things are, you know, improve this early company, blah, blah, blah. And like, but here, like it was a gut shot when Cody left that. And when she showed up at WrestleMania and I don't think they ever recovered from that. And then on top of it, this whole politics backstage and stuff like that, it's something that really soured a good segment of their audience. And clearly that has transpired on the ratings and the and their numbers that they made and so um while i thought darby was compelling in his delivery and all that stuff and you know the bucks are good heels uh, to, uh, with the exception of all this you know inside baseball talk i think it definitely is counterproductive and you know it masks what you're talking about and what everybody was excited for is sting's final match <laughs> here's where i get confused and this is where if I would if I was if there were writers and you know I'm in there talking to Tony Khan, I would say so 
These guys are executive vice presidents of your company. They're the face of your company. A week ago, they beat up civilians. They didn't beat up wrestlers. They didn't beat up contracted employees. We all lost our minds in real life when when whatever occurred backstage with, with Punk and with Jack Perry, what happened with Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. This was involving people who are not contracted workers. And we're supposed to believe everything that we are seeing on here is 100% legitimate. And, and they are executive vice presidents. So executives in your company beat up Sting's sons. There was no action by Tony Khan. There was no addressing of it. But we're still supposed to pretend, guys, that they're EVPs. And this is all, you know, above board. And then they go out there. And it's not even address it's not even called out if anything tony khan should have said we're reviewing the actions of our executive vice presidents they reflect the behavior of me and the company we talked about tony and tweeting and his relationship with the fans silence absolute silence and no direct follow-up and what makes it so challenging to watch aew is you don't believe in the follow-through Mm -mm. there's nothing to really sink your teeth into when it comes to that aspect of it all too is that whole idea of okay they're evps they're tongue-in-cheek joking about it they're wrestling in suits everything like that and it doesn't set up the proper table for sting to have a good send-off i think i think you know the match by a, many expectations i'm sure will be delivered pretty well because the bucks are talented in the ring but there's just that overlay of like all right you know this is schmoz added stuff that we don't necessarily need and also robert where the heck is rick flair as far <laughs> away from tv as possible dom that is the best decision they have made uh <laughs> let, let's keep him on the on the energy can uh and and that's it i don't think flair would have been needed for something like this the thing with i honestly thought with shivani where this was going uh-huh is that they were going to do a little bit of what WWE used to do with Jim Ross, which was that as executive vice presidents, uh, they're dissatisfied with what Tony Schiavone is doing, and he has been fired, suspended, right. what have you, so that Tony gets a big babyface return at the pay-per-view to call Sting's last match. We, we don't get that. Uh, instead, we got this situation where, where Darby... Uh, a, a friend of mine said, Darby's like what happens if you ask a 13-year-old his opinion and he goes way too honest. It was, you know, Cody was the best EVP. The rest of you guys suck. You only hire your friends and people that watch this are idiots because they're getting Brandon Cutler matches. And then you're like, oh, no, no, that was that was way too much honesty. Holy smokes. <laughs> and, we don't, and you don't need it because, again, so many simpler stories in the fact that, you know, these guys beat up your tag team partner's children. That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> there was a comment here I wanted to pull up. Uh, how was the post-show cry yesterday, Dom? It was good. Um, but I think I'm going to get a little bit more motivated here when Robert here talks about Blue Chew. Oh, that was a terror. Uh, that, that chilled me to my bone. Let's move <laughs> away from that. Here's how good Blue Chew is, guys. You can take a Blue Chew even after hearing that and still be ready to go because this episode is sponsored by our friends at Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical professionals, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. 
unlike an AEW storyline, this thing's going to start and end. And more importantly, Dom, it's going to have a satisfying conclusion because Blue Chew wants you, yes, you, to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we have a special deal, a special offer for our listeners, our viewers, our rumor and innuendo brethren. Try rumor or try rumor and innuendo. Try Blue Chew free. We use our promo code RUMOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code RUMOR to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast and Dom's post-cry relief. Thank you so much, Blue Chew. Honestly, from my heart, <laughs> really much. Um, so, Robert, something that's a, that was a little bit more uh, that I think a little bit more tangible, a little bit more meat on the bone here was the Swerve Strickland, Pro Samoa Joe, and Adam Hangman Page uh, segment that kind of went on. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Swerve kind of stated his claim for the gold and and made his case for being uh, the, the top guy coming forward. So Samoa Joe is a national treasure. Yes. Uh, Samoa <laughs> Joe is someone who he was mishandled in TNA. He was mishandled in WWE. He was somewhat mishandled at the beginning of AEW. But you put that guy out there, and he feels like a grown-up. He feels like a main event superstar. He feels like your world champion. And at a time when he wanted as sort of this transitional, Max is going away, we need to put it on somebody, who can we trust? Joe has stepped up and elevated in such a way and delivered uh, that he is giving the company a platform to build this Swerve Hangman feud. They feel like Brett and Sean 97. Hangman as the guy who's like, how am I not the baby face? This man yelled at my baby after breaking in my, into my house. And Swerve's like, I did, but people sure like my manager dances. And also, I'm the best wrestler in the world. Hangman Page is so hateable while just being honest, it is it's incredible. And Dom, all due respect to your other uh, podcast co-host, Magnum TA, <laughs> Hangman Page may have the best mustache in wrestling. It's pretty impressive to be honest. Um, and it's weird to see it on Hangman on a on somebody that's a heel. Like I'm like captivated. I was captivated by Magnum's mustache, just as a, like this ultimate babyface kind of thing. And here we're getting. <laughs> We're getting hangman uh, heel mustache guys. Uh, yeah. That's what you're getting here in wrestling, but they're, they're building this triple threat match and it would be insane to think that they're going to take the title off of Joe coming off of this. I think swerve is a guy that you absolutely build on. Uh, I think him and hangman have a great rivalry, but with the promise of Okada coming with the products of Osprey coming with the idea that Brian Danielson is still floating around there. There's a lot of great matches you can get out of Samoa Joe before you take the title off of him. Right. I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, I think the, the aspect of pivoting from a young rising star like MJF and going into somebody that's been established like Samoa Joe that people are familiarized with uh, really was a savvy move in AEW's part to kind of continue and like re-represent that banner moving forward in a lot of ways. And I don't think you should take it off him, you know, so immediately or so quickly either. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to shameless plug to RVD on our podcast this past week happened to mention, I brought up swerve and if he thinks he could be, you know, the face of AEW, the future world champion, he was like, why not? And it, 
talked about how like he's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. And to your point, what you were saying, Robert, people were booing him about the uh, creeping in on Hangman's uh, baby and all that stuff. And here we go. It's just like he's still a baby face and there's still that tangible uh, reception that he gets from the crowd. So uh, it's very exciting to see how he's going and uh, need to see a star kind of on the rise that, you know, was kind of had his own troubles too. And, and WWE as well. So, and I guess, uh, Rob Van Dam signed for next week's dynamite. How about that? Yeah. Hmm? He's getting, he's got the, uh, the Dominic D'Angelo rub here. You do a podcast <laughs> with Dom and all of a sudden, boom, you're, uh, you're on. I can't wait to see Greg Gagne versus JD Drake. at some point. <laughs> I'm, pumped, man. I'm pumped. Book it down. Uh, but you um, know, dynamite was dynamite was a, it was a weird show. It was, so Bruce Pritchard, mm -hmm. uh, all here in the free shows, the, the, the man who helped coin the name of our show used to say that just because it's on last doesn't mean it's the main event. And boy, was that true Yeah, with Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven. Um, you take a, you take a, a match that's trying to build to another match, trying to build to that Roderick strong match. You throw an insane stipulation on there to a cold one-on-one -on -one contest and then say, yeah, no, this is going to be your your main event. This is really frustrating uh, to see because I don't think it helped anybody coming out of this, Tom. I completely agree, you know, and we'll talk about uh, the mo some of the lack of swearing now uh, on AEW and the removal of that. But I think just seeing this blood, it's just like desensitized to it. And it's uh, just off-putting at this juncture where it's just like, all right, here we go again. You know, <laughs> it's just like I think, well, I think uh, Orange, uh, that was that was more blood than he intended. That was uh, <laughs> that was uh, pay-per-view blood, not TV blood, not TV. So blood. Yeah. It, it happened. But. This this devil storyline that they built and built, it had like Wardlow seems disconnected from the rest of what's going on there. And then you had the rest of these, you had Roderick Strong and you had uh, Mike Bennett out there, like the Keystone Cops, and they're outnumbered three to two, and they still can't beat Orange Cassidy, like it's Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. And this was the major focus for the last four months of your television. Yeah. That's where it becomes challenging to do this as a main event. And what blew my mind was when they announced on Rampage, of all things, we were going to get Sammy Guevara and Jeff Hardy. And I'm like, well, that's a more compelling main event. But uh, cover your ears if you have if you don't want Rampage spoiled for the 11 people who watch it. But, Dom, uh, what seems to be the story coming out of this? Well, uh, Jeff Hardy was allegedly knocked out and apparently knocked out um, after Sammy Guevara did like this, uh, the shooting star press where – Jeff put his knees up and Sammy's knees went directly into Jeff's face. And it's pretty devastating looking uh, if you happen to catch it on social media or wherever. But uh, yeah, um, as far as Jeff, you know, hope all is well with him. It's uh, such a struggle to see him in AEW sometimes because like, you know, there was a lot of hype for him coming in there and a lot of optimism and a lot of road bumps going through. And it's just like, you want to see a star like Jeff Hardy kind of be positioned in the right light. And, you know, this doesn't help matters. And uh, just putting him on rampages, head scratching in, in the first place too, I think. But. It is, it's, it's surprising him and Sammy being in that spot because I feel like that would have been a compelling match to have live on dynamite. But the injury was, was, or at least the, the impact. We don't know if Jeff is injured or not. We have not heard since then, but it's one of those things where we both watched it before we went on the air and the visible ooh yes that comes out it was it was rough. Uh, Sammy previously had that issue with Matt Hardy where they had that insane bump. Uh, yeah. Maybe just keep Guevara away from the Hardys. That could be it, you know. 
<laughs> sometimes it's just some oil and water happening there. You just can't can't really have that. But yeah, best wishes, Jeff. Hope he's okay. Uh, don't like never like seeing that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, Robert, let's move on. We got to talk a little bit of elimination chamber. Uh, Seth and Cody are confirmed. Hey. They're not in a match, though. They are going to be on the Grayson Waller effect. Seems kind of appropriate considering they're going to be in Perth, Australia, and that is Grayson Waller's home country. So uh, what do you think of just including them, incorporating them into this uh, PLE, and then also just them not having a match? And uh, what do you think about all that, Robert? Well, come on. Uh, um, I think we all know this is going to lead to some sort of physicality, some sort of one-on-one match. If Seth is not cleared, you can obviously do Waller and Theory versus Rollins and Cody as an impromptu match. At the very least, it is star power for a PLE. You know, this show originally, CM Punk was advertised for it. Um, Brock Lesnar was apparently supposed to be there uh, for a uh, a match with Dominic Mysterio. Mm-hmm. That was that was talked about. So you lose Lesnar. You lose Punk, at least wrestling. I don't know if they're going to fly him out there or not. Uh, no Roman, no Rock. You got to throw a little bit of star power out there to make the folks in Australia feel like they're getting their money's worth and to make us, who are getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, feel like more things are going to happen. It's great to announce this in advance because now we know Seth will be there to see who's going to be crowned uh, the number one contender coming off Elimination Chamber, Cody you want to put him in front of the audience, the audience right now, there's a huge groundswell, both in WWE and in AEW right. uh, who want to want to see Cody as a super baby face, get him out there, let him, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, do, do all that. Grayson Waller, in my opinion, has really elevated himself as a, a smarmy, hateable heel. And even though it's his home country, Dom, I don't think they're going to cheer him. I don't think he's going to get a warm welcome to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's very interesting. I, you know, you would think that we'd utilize Cody and make sure he has a match. So I could definitely see that happening. Robert, would you do anything in regards to kind of furthering the story between Cody, Seth, or particularly Cody, Seth, Cody and Roman and rock, even though they're not there, or would you kind of to create some further intrigue for that PLE? That's uh, very early for the American audience. Yeah. I think that what you can, what you could do, um, is you can tease uh, people keep talking about a potential tag match, which I, I've repeatedly said I don't think that's a great idea. Another reason why I don't think that's a fantastic idea, Dom, is I don't love the idea of both world titles being defended on night two of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to lose some stuff in the in the shuffle there. You can also pre-tape something with Rock or Roman to put up on the screen to have them respond to, and you know, Rock on an Instagram story saying, uh, you know, hey, love you guys over there in Australia. Don't love you enough to get on a plane and fly all the way over there, but I'm, I'm happy enough to, to come on screen and say hello to you. So you have a lot of opportunity to, to get rock booed. Uh, you have a lot of opportunity to forward the whatever it is we are going to get. Uh, as a reminder, uh, David uh, David uh, Maj, Maj, M-A-J said, I am so dang excited for SmackDown. So as a reminder... We're getting Roman Reigns and Rock on SmackDown on Friday. So we'll see what, what's going to wind up happening here. The intrigue, the excitement in terms of what the Mania card is even going to look like is fun. And when it is the show before WrestleMania, you got to have a little bit of extra buzz. And I think maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. I think the Chamber winners are are pretty well telegraphed that on the women's side, it's going to be Becky Lynch. And on the men's side, uh, Drew McIntyre. 
Yeah, I I was even looking at the card today and uh, looking at who qualified for the women's match, and I was like, yeah, it's I, why am I even looking at? It? I think it's going to be Becky. You know, <laughs> I, that was me teeing you up for the for the next segment, dude. Dang I it! Out of the thing, I, I was I was throwing it to you. That was red meat to the base. It was right there in front of you. Uh, a slow, steady pitch, and you and you you win. I dropped the ball. You're killing me, dude. We're dropped the ball. We're fine. Uh, hey, Dom, what's the, let me try this again. I think on the women's side, mm-hmm. we're going to see Becky Lynch uh, win. On the men's side, I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre. Well, could it be, though, Robert? Because according to Dave Meltzer, he's reportedly still unsigned by WWE. Uh, quote from the Wrestling Observer Radio. The answer to that is no, he has not signed a new deal. But he seems to be very happy so far with his new character, and he's really excited about it. And they're working with the idea that he's not going anywhere. He also adds later on that he's not probably not likely taking trying to take time off getting back to Scotland, and that's why he's not resigned. He says he'll probably sign a new deal, but it's just a probable until it happens. Robert, they got to sign him again, right? The way they're positioning him, the way they're building him, it, it's for both sides. It makes more sense than him making a leap to AEW or trying that. Once again, to channel Bruce Pritchard, um, <laughs> is he in the room when they're having these negotiations? Has he seen Drew say, I have not signed a contract yet? We don't know. I doubt that they are putting this much steam behind Drew McIntyre to let him go to the competition. How foolish would it be, Dom, to build a guy up, build a guy up, build a guy up, then let his contract lapse and him go to another company where he could potentially main event one or two nights of their biggest show? That'd be insane. I've never seen that happen, Robert. That would be that would be an elite mistake. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think that there's at the very least an understanding of what they're doing with Drew. Drew has shown why wrestling is so much fun to watch, guys. That you take a wrestler who seemed like he had cooled off. You know, he he won the title in the in the 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 Thunderdome, the pre-Thunderdome, just the empty building, uh, and it seemed like he had a little bit of momentum and then Vince got his hooks in him. And all of a sudden he's quoting William Wallace and he's carrying around a sword named after his mom. And you lost all of what was special about Drew McIntyre. And now he's, he's figured it out. It's lightning in a bottle. Uh, We're seeing this with our truth that our truth has really picked up and heated up at the right time. Talented wrestlers, when they're given a chance to, to really show what they can do, step up and deliver those that don't, uh, you know, they get left behind. Yeah. Not that I'm thinking of anyone in particular. Not that I'm thinking of anybody in particular. I don't know how to point properly on the on the screen here. If you're listening to this on audio, I'm not at all doing the point of a guy who wears a vest who used to be a maximum male model. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. Guys. But no, I think Drew, I think Drew's gonna be sticking around uh for, for a while. I would be absolutely shocked uh if if he winds up here. That is the strongest. Word I can I would be flipping shocked, Dom, because here in Ruin Innuendo, we we watch our language. That's right. I would be flabbergasted and bamboozled if he actually had to leave WWE or made that choice. Both ends. It would just be nuts. Be nuts. All right. We'll close it out with this here, Robert. Uh from how it sounds, if you were watching AEW Dynamite, there's no more cussing happening. Well, that there's was I was throwing that to you, dude. I, I tw- two two soft. I missed it again. In a, two in a row. This I'm Dang. not like Nolan Ryan here throwing strikes. Too. These are like beach balls. Being you're the one that wrote the run sheet. That's the best part of this, guys. I, 
dumb. Like he's like he's on layups. I'm missing him. I'm like the wind up monkey. Uh, I'm here to just talk about whatever it is they want to talk. Don's Don's the one who's gatekeeping and making sure we don't get to billion the CW. I don't know what your vendetta is with Mr. Corgan. Maybe you don't like that he stole your haircut, but <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, let's let me try this one again. Let's try here. In rumor and innuendo, we don't use any kind of strong language, Dom. Anybody else in that same boat? Yeah, you know what? I think AEW is starting to heed your uh, your advice there, Robert. Get the heck out of here. Yeah, can you believe it? Another quote from Dave Meltzer here. There was a lot of bleeping on this show. The days of saying horse poop and swearing on TBS and TNT looks over. Robert, it's high time for that to happen. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they've just, it was too try hard, just like the blood. Just like a lot of different stuff that they kind of have done on AEW, swearing was running rampant on there, and it was just a kind of a turnoff, even from people that do swear. <laughs> it's it's weird and jarring because yes, it, it's to go back to the Darby thirteen year old uh, comparison. It is like middle school kids that think it's cool because they're going to curse that it's going to add impact to what it is that they are saying. We heard we heard the Rock after the press conference curse. He 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 used a couple of uh, foul words. Some of them slipped through. And the impact that that had, it was so shocking and so jarring. And so what just happened that you're like, oh, I'm I'm instantly hooked. When you hear it all the time, I think back to that old South Park episode uh, when they just let Cartman curse to the point where it lost its effectiveness. Pulling it back, bleeping it. If you get a fleeting expletive, cool. It's going to help them with advertisers a little more. I think it's going to help them broaden their audience because I think AEW needs to do more to, to reach out and bring in a younger fan base. And I'm not saying zero cursing. I'm not saying this needs to be a PG product, get rid of the blood, the intensity, whatever it is. But modulating it a little bit is going to go a long way. You want it to pack a punch anytime you're going to swear, anytime you're going to bleed, anything like that. It's just like that's been a, a staple in wrestling for a while, too. Is you just, you know, when you have a first blood match, nobody bleeds on the card before that. <laughs> you, or you try to make a conscious effort. Well, no, in AEW, the, the agents don't seem to talk to each other. I have a feeling there'll be blood in like four matches before there's an actual uh, blood. <laughs> right, exactly. In, in the same way, they have, I think, three different stables that are all a malevolent leader who is trying to guide uh his his minions to do their their bidding um it's it's a two-hour show on top of which dude there's no collision on mm -hmm. on saturday so tony only had one homework assignment to focus on and and this is this is kind of what we got we always hope for the best we we i will gladly praise when things are are really good in wwe or aew i will be critical when it is not because at the end of the day dude we love wrestling. We want the best from wrestling. Uh, we're not just hating for the sake of hating. We we love to be here. And shout out to William Thornbrew who said, so glad the show is back. Love it. We're so glad to be back here talking rumor and innuendo every day. Dom, I know you plugged a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the show because you are a plugging machine. <laughs> Let the folks know where, where else they can see your smiling face. Absolutely. Yes, you can see me every Monday at 420 uh, on RVDTV.com as Rob and I do the one of a kind podcast with RVD. And so we cover a lot of ground on there uh, from a lot of current topics. Uh, then we get live interaction with fans because we go live when we do these recordings. So it's a very unique kind of concept that uh, Rob has. And uh, what he delivers at the end is like some life advice, RVDology, which is great. Uh, I always garner some uh, influence there and stuff. But yeah, also uh, every Tuesday, you can catch 
Straight Talk with the Boss, Magnum TA and Greg Gagne. They cover the modern product. We look back at their uh, their history with uh, in AWA and in NWA. And then on, in addition to that, they have those Power Town Wrestling figures that you can check out too that are very compelling, very cool looking, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, you can read some of my material there at sescoops.com and get a lot of your news there too as well and, and definitely hit it up. So thank you for them uh, hopping on here and, and helping us out. Robert. When do you find time to sleep, dude? I feel like you are like you are you are like a a, a junior Meltzer, except your place seems much cleaner uh, and you maintain eye contact. So I those, try. Are, those are huge. Uh, yes. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WW Creative underscore ISH. Uh, this show every day, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. If you miss an episode, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube, both on the Rumor and Innuendo and ad-free shows, YouTube, subscribe there. We are streaming on Twitter at our friends at Podcast Heat, who make this show possible, as well as on SE Scoops, where Dom is a, a writer. Uh, we're, we're hard to find. We're, we're, we're easy to find. We're hard to miss. Uh, we're, we're happy to be here. So on behalf of the hardest working man in professional wrestling, Dominic D'Angelo, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.